Welcome to the Reiki Gateway Podcast with Reiki Masters Kathleen Johnson and Andrea Kennedy. Journey with us and let's explore what lies beyond the Reiki Gateway. It's wonderful to have you with us today. I'm Andrea Kennedy and this is Kathleen Johnson with me and we are Beyond the Reiki Gateway with you. And today's topic is actually a follow-up to our last episode that we aired. And our special guest was Dr. Linda Backman. And she spoke to us about past lives and soul types. She shared with us about her work with past life regression and new things that she's learning in her practice, specifically about soul types. And she explained those soul types as earth-based interplanetary souls and also souls from the angelic realm. And the whole hour was so fascinating. Kathleen and I wanted to do a little bit more on that episode and share some personal things uh, with our audience and delve a little bit deeper for you. If you're anything like me and listen to that episode, there was some new vocabulary there for you, and it really got my wheels turning. And I consider ourselves very lucky because Kathleen actually has some background in this area and a history with Dr. Linda Backman. And I just thought it would be a great opportunity to, to go there with Kathleen and learn a little bit more about this and share a few little things with you along the way. So Kathleen, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with past life regression and your connection with Dr. Linda Backman? Hello, Andrea. It's good to be here again. And boy, you're right. That session or that interview with Dr. Backman was, that was amazing. It was so much fun. And the time went incredibly fast, and I know it left me wanting more, as always. And I know you were just absolutely transfixed by the information that uh, Dr. Backman was sharing. So, yeah, I'm happy to mm -hmm. discuss my history with past lives and reincarnation. It's funny because I have worked with Dr. Backman now for 13-plus years, and I was trained by her in past lives regression therapy. Interestingly enough, I took that training prior to learning Reiki. It was, this was before Reiki found me. Honestly, when I began my journey into spirituality, I quickly learned that past lives were a source of true fascination for me. And I just wanted to learn everything I could about it. That's what ultimately led me to Dr. Backman. I'll call her Linda uh, because I know her pretty well. And ultimately led me to a past life regression or two or three by her. And then I decided to take the training, which I then implemented into my own practice. So I've conducted numerous past life regression sessions. And of course, I always incorporate Reiki into those. It has become such a part of my life. I was delighted to have Linda on our show. As usual, she is just a wealth of information about this topic. She sure was. I was so impressed with her and her decades of experience. And there is just no end, I think, to what she can offer on this subject 
given all of the different sessions that she's had over the years. And the other thing that stood out to me was how she talked about the progression of what the information has been that she's learned over the years. And this acceleration or the fact that more angelic souls are coming in lately, I guess what we would say, you know, because we need help here. And that is parallel, I think, at least in my Reiki practice, that things have progressed for me and I've grown. And the things I learn in my sessions now are very different from earlier. And I would imagine it's the same for you that, you know, this work that we do and probably many of the listeners do, all of that is always evolving. It's not static. And that's what really, I think for me, keeps it exciting and new all the time. It's always an adventure. It is that, Andrea. It never gets boring. And Yes, my work has evolved too, as you said. My work with Reiki, of course, my practice today looks nothing at all like it did, you know, years ago when I started my practice. Nothing at all. Nor do my sessions. My past life regression sessions have also evolved. What I find is really interesting about you, Kathleen, is a couple things. Number one, that you found past life regression before Reiki. You know, in my experience, and this is one reason it's called Beyond the Reiki Gateway, is so many people learn Reiki first, and then they find the other topics. And so for you, it was a little bit, I'm not going to say backwards, because (laughs) that was, you know, for you, that was forwards. But uh, it's just a bit contrary uh, to what I have been used to seeing with people. So number one, that's really interesting to me. But secondly... The fact that you not only have had regressions as a client, but that you lead people in them as well. And so, you know, I can think of a lot of questions about that. But for people who perhaps don't understand what these sessions look like, how they're conducted, can you demystify that for us? I will do my best. And that's a really good question, because when I meet people who are interested in having a past life session, what I typically notice is that they have some level of fear uh, surrounding that, like what's going to happen? Will I remember it? What are you going to do to me? It's that that kind of thing. Mm. And so the opportunity to let folks know kind of what happens behind the scenes, if you will, of a past life session when the person is actually in one is helpful. It may help to alleviate some fears that people have. And as you said, demystify it. So first of all, it's important to know that a past life session is guided by spirit. The content of the past life session is guided by spirit. The regression therapist or the regressionist, whatever term you'd like to use, facilitates the experience. However, the content of the experience is completely determined and guided by spirit, by the spirit realm. And that's a point I always make to my clients because I don't want to let them think that I'm going to be putting words or thoughts into their heads. Not at all. This is all guided by spirit, and the information that comes forth during a session is coming from their 
super conscious mind, the part of them that is still residing in spirit, the part of them that retains those memories. And I think that that is important for people to know. So as far as what happens in a regression session, typically what I do and the way I was taught by Linda is I will use a form of guided imagery to guide the client into a very relaxed state, a state of altered consciousness, if you will. For those of you who are familiar with the various levels of human consciousness, um, our everyday waking level is beta consciousness, what, kind of what I'm in right now, and hopefully you are too if you're listening. What we're trying to strive for in a past life session is we want to get the client into an alpha state, maybe a light theta state, so that the conscious beta mind sort of steps aside and allows those memories to surface, those past life memories, because we do carry those with us in our cells. Past life memories are inherent in our cells, and it's just important for us to bring them to the surface so they can be remembered and then released if necessary. So we guide the client into an altered state of consciousness through a series of induction methods. And all throughout, though, even though the client is in a different state of consciousness, the client is very much aware of where he or she is. It's a feeling of being, I always use the term bi-local, and I don't know if that's correct, but that's how I describe it. You know where you are. You're in my regression space. You're there, but you're also somewhere else at the same time. So once the client has arrived at the past life that is to be examined, I then ask a series of questions, very basic questions, something like, where are you? Is it in the city? Is it a country? Is it daytime? Is it nighttime? Then I ask the client if they can visualize themselves. I will sometimes say, there's a mirror next to you. Pick up that mirror. What do you look like? Describe yourself to me. What are you wearing? Etc. Etc. You get a lot of details and you go through the regression like that. There are no leading questions. They are just factual types of information gathering questions. And the client provides the answers. I'm taking notes. And of course, all the sessions are recorded and then made available to the client afterwards for their use. So we go through a series of questions. And after we have sort of defined who they are, where they are, what's going on, the client is then led to two or three or maybe even four scenes from that particular life that they're examining. At some point when it is determined by the client that he or she has seen everything they need to know in this particular life, I then lead the client to the death scene, the death of during that particular life. Now, this is where a lot of people get very nervous. They're afraid they're going to get scared. They're going to be emotional. Um, they're just afraid. Understandably, when I had my first one years ago, I was very nervous. But again, spirit guides the content and spirit will never, ever give you more than you can handle. So even though it may become emotional, even though it may spark some fear, you always need to remember 
and spirit's got your back. They will never give you more than you can handle. So we go through the death scene, and upon the death of that particular body, the person then moves into spirit, moves into the spirit realm, as we do when we transition from our physical bodies. And at that point, we then are given the opportunity to meet with a spirit guide or guides and ask some questions of the guide as to the relevance of that particular life to our current incarnation and any other questions or concerns we may have about that particular life. So it can be a treasure trove of information about what's going on in the current incarnation. I find it to be very, very valuable. I have had more regressions than I can remember, probably at least a dozen, maybe more over the years. I recently had one with Linda, I think it was in March. I have another one scheduled for June because I have found that they are not only a lot of fun and so cool, but they provide so much insight and help to me during this particular journey, this particular lifetime. So that is pretty much what is involved in the session. And once all this is done, the person has had a chance to meet with the guide and get the information they need, then he or she is simply guided back into everyday reality, into beta consciousness, and then has an opportunity to process the session while we sit there and talk about it and what they learned from it and contrasting any information with what they are living now, all those kinds of things. It can be very powerful. I hope that information tends to demystify some of what's out there about past lives and how to access them. Now, Andrea, I know you recently had a session with Linda. Yes. <laughs> I know it's probably quite fresh in your mind. And I was wondering, would you be interested in sharing some of your experience with us? Well, I would, you Good. know, I actually would, because I think it could help some people um, maybe decide if they would want to do something like this. I was a bit nervous. I will say many years ago, I bought a CD. I don't think anybody buys CDs much anymore, but I had bought a CD and it was a past life regression CD. But I have to say, I did the CD a couple of times and I saw some things, but when it's just you and a CD, it just, I don't know, I, I needed more than that. And that's really what was apparent to me when I had this session with Linda, because as you said, she asked questions at the appropriate time. It was dynamic. And even though all the information came from me, just like if I had done it on the CD, there was just a whole nother depth to it. And I was able to believe what happened when I was with Linda. I was pretty skeptical when it was just kind of me following the CD. Um, so it was very memorable. I, I guess it is pretty personal, but I think I'm going to go ahead and set that aside and share this because I think it could be helpful for people. So I'll pull back the curtain on that. I had the session with her 
And I was a little bit nervous because I hadn't done it before. And I didn't know quite what to expect. Like you said, she just kind of guided me. My mind quieted down. Uh, you know, you mentioned the beta state. And so, yeah, it, it quieted down, similar to what we would expect in a meditation. And I got relaxed. And then I remember there was a door and I went through the door. And then she asked me that when I was ready, I would turn around. And there I would be. I would notice what was around me. And I did that, and it looked metropolitan. It looked like a city, and but it looked old to me. And one of the first questions she asked was if I could look down and see my feet, what was on my feet. And oh my goodness, it was very vivid. I had these dark-colored, almost like a plum-colored shoe with a heel lots of buttons. And it looked like, you know, one of those, I don't know the, the right terminology, but maybe Victorian or something like that. I That's what comes to my mind, all these little buttons. And she continued to ask me questions and I could totally look at my dress, my sleeves, my everything that I had on. I had this awareness. It was very, very clear to me. So basically to make a long story short, um, I was a woman probably 35-ish or 40, something like that. And I was dressed very well, like I had money. And it felt almost European to me. And then she asked me uh, a couple of other questions about, you know, what was I aware of? And interestingly enough, this is about when I started to break down because I was pretty um, mortified, <laughs> about how I saw people back then in this past life. And what I'll say is the first thing that came to my mind was I was a difficult person and that it would be hard for other people to be around me. And that's painful. You know, that that doesn't feel very good. No. And so I thought, wow. But at the same time, I knew that it wasn't me the current version of myself. <laughs> so I had that bit of separation, but also it was like, wow, it did feel unpleasant to me to a certain degree. I knew also that I just treated people like commodities. Like if they fit into my box, if they could offer me enough of a payback of whatever that was, then they could be in my presence, you know, and have my attention. Doesn't that sound terrible? But if <laughs> I know, right? But if if I didn't basically come out ahead for my involvement with them, then why bother? I mean, that was really kind of the mindset. It's like, I better get rewarded for giving you my attention. If not, go away. Wow. Yeah, pretty harsh. And you know, I think people who know me in this life, thank goodness, know that I'm not like that at all. So um, again, I could keep that as a little bit of comfort. Well, I know you in this lifetime, Andrea, and I'm very honored to do so. And I can say unequivocally, you are nothing at all <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, thanks, Kathleen. Yeah, of course. But I think one thing to keep in mind is you are very likely a very old soul, 
And you have been through many, 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 many incarnations, and you've probably run the gamut of human behavior and emotions and ways of treating people. And that was one of the ones where you probably weren't the best version of yourself. And that's okay. We've all been saints and sinners, you know, we've all done that and everything in between. Thanks for that. Yeah. And it does, I think, show that we do evolve and change and that we're capable of it. Isn't that just hopeful? But the next thing that happened in the life was I noticed buildings and things like that, some architecture. And then what Linda did was she asked, is there anything else that you need to know about where you currently are in this setting? And it was pretty clear to me, nope, got everything I need here. She invited me then to move forward, all with guidance. And everything's about your higher self and, as you say, spirit guiding the process. That's very important, I think, for people to remember because your higher self isn't going to harm you. And the regressionist is just there to hold space and to ask the appropriate questions at the appropriate time to let this all unfold for you the way your higher consciousness is laying it out. And so I never felt anything but safe and supported and totally stable the whole time, even though there was emotion involved. But it was always very comfortable for me, I guess I would say, in that regard. Yes, I'm glad you said that because it's the truth. And I'm glad you mentioned again that the content is guided by spirit. That is a very important point to remember As I said earlier, the regression therapist is merely the facilitator. I like what you said about holding space, basically holding that space. That person is always safe and supported and protected. So I'm glad you said that. And then another thing you said that I'd just like to expand upon a bit is when you said you did feel some emotion. And that is a very, very clear indication that what you are experiencing is real because it is evoking emotion from a previous life. And if this was something that you were making up in your head or just kind of winging it and saying, oh, I'm just going to say something because I don't know what else to say, that kind of thing, there would be zero emotion attached to that. So the presence of raw, real emotion is a clear indication that what you are experiencing is actually something you've experienced before. That's a fantastic point, Kathleen. And I hadn't looked at it that way. In my mind, I was thinking how vivid everything was. And so I was saying, oh, well, I think it's real because of the level of detail and those kinds of things. But the fact that you bring up the emotion, oh, that is even more connected, I think, to the fact that it is actually real. And that makes so much sense because emotion is what is stored in our cells. It's that energy that comes through. And that's what can really affect us in our present life. And and that's what this really illustrated to me. I'll go forward quickly in the regression. The next scene, I saw myself in a bed. And again, the level of detail was just absolutely incredible. The way the mattress was. I mean, it was so detailed and I won't go into all of that, but 
it was definitely very old. And I'll never forget the coverlet that was on the bed and how tiny the little stitches were. And oh, it was just beautiful. Again, though, I think that was to illustrate that in this lifetime, I was very privileged and wealthy. But anyway, I was in the bed. And the thing that stuck out to me during this scene was I had servants. There were two women and they would come into my Oh, I want to say chamber. They would come into my bedchamber and they would attend to me as I lay in the bed and do things for me to take care of me. And then they would leave and I would be alone in the room. And that emotion of the aloneness when I was in the room myself, oh, it was just very stark and just difficult, just so difficult because I also knew that those two servants, they did the bare minimum to kind of just meet my survival needs. They were there because they were getting paid. It wasn't that they were caretakers for me. They were employees. Again, it was that feeling of being alone and not connected to people. So that was the main feeling there. And also, it was very apparent I had nothing to look forward to. And how bleak is that? So it was, again, not very comfortable to witness that. But again, I knew that that was in the past. Then I fast forwarded and I was it was the death scene. Me back then, I was dead in that bed, the same bed. And the interesting thing was the servants, the two servants were in there with me and they were dressing me, I guess, putting on appropriate clothes for my burial or something. I don't know. But they were dressing my deceased body, changing the clothes. And you know what they were doing? They were talking about me and they were gossiping about me. And that was, yeah. I mean, who would have thought that? I mean, this is stuff that you just can't make up. So they were gossiping about me. And one of the things they were talking about is how no one came around for me you know, during, during the whatever length of time it was that I was ill or uh, anything, that people just didn't come around. And the other thing was they said that they could put fine clothes on me, make me look pretty, but it was not the same as having a fine life. And that wow. really kind of struck me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. That is powerful. It was at that point then that I really separated from that body. And interestingly enough, everything shifted. I no longer was referring to myself as me in the regression. Without even thinking about it, I started referring to that person as her. And, and mm-hmm. I, w- when right. I re-listened to the recording, uh, that stuck out to me. I thought, oh, look at that. Once I died and was separated from the body, my identity really did separate from her. And that was a bit surprising to me how I just naturally, without even thinking about it, changed the way I referenced her. Mm -hmm. Then, as you said, we brought in the spirit guides to see why that life. And, you know, before we started the regression, Linda gave me the opportunity to intend to work on a certain issue or maybe 
delve into a certain question. And I really didn't have anything. I didn't want to steer it in any particular way. I just said, no, I'll just leave it up to my higher self. I'll just go wherever. And I would have never thought that this would come up. And the relevance, you know, why this lifetime? I've had a fear my entire life that I would die alone. And it's been palpable. Years ago, I did a numerology thing. I don't know if everybody knows about numerology, but basically you add up different numbers like your birth date and things like that. Anyway, I did this numerology thing. And as I was reading the output, so to speak, that was one of the things it said that you will die alone. And I thought, oh. well, that's a terrible thing to, oh my goodness. to, to put into something, right? That is. Because how do you unhear that? Right. <laughs> but isn't it interesting, though? I think had I not had that fear already, it would have just not have mattered to me. Or I would have thought about it like, oh, that's just like a horoscope thing. You know, that doesn't mm-hmm. apply to me. Right. You know, they're not all right. But I think it was because I had that fear already. And then I read that it kind of resonated together. And I think it helped to make it more real. So what this past life regression did for me was I understood then that that fear I had in this life was actually bleeding through from that prior life and that I could let that go. That wasn't this lifetime. Right. And it might sound like I'm jumping to conclusions there, but the guides came in and we asked, or I asked them questions. And that is exactly what came through was they brought this through or I, my higher self, brought this lifetime through so I could finally set that fear aside and live the life that I'm free to live. It felt so right. And I have to say, in all honesty, once that message came, you know, about, oh, it was from the past life, not this life, the Andrea part of me then said, and I actually said this out loud, but wait, it could happen again. You know, I was holding on. (laughs) I was holding on to that. Like, but wait, are you sure? Because it could happen again. And it was so funny, you know, to hear myself do that. But I think it's kind of natural, though, right? But the, the guides said back to me, it is not going to. I, it was just like that. And then even after that, they gave me a message. And the message was that seeing this lifetime was about acknowledging a shift, evolution, and change and becoming free. Wow. And then they said, it is done. And the power and the energy of that was just so unmistakable to me. I just sat there in that. And it was, I kid you not, the the feeling I had was as though glasses were removed. And I saw this in my mind's eye, removing of tinted glasses from me so that I could no longer have to view myself and my life now through the lenses of that lifetime. Mm -hmm. It was an unmistakable shift. And in that moment, and then even after that, 
things continued, you know, because I think it's important even after a Reiki session or any sort of session people have, there's shifts and changes during a session. And then you go back into your life. You take that new shifted part, your shifted new perspective, and you re-enter the life that you left before the session, right? So you change and then you go back in. And that is, oh, such an opportunity because then you can really become aware of the contrasts and how you're reacting differently or how you're seeing things differently. And so it's more about just the session. The, the gift keeps giving even afterwards. I am so glad you said that, Andrea, because that is a, a very, very good point and one I failed to mention earlier. Yes, the information that comes through in the session is powerful. Your experience was really pretty amazing. I, I've, I've been enjoying every second of listening to that. But you make a really good point. When the session is over and you go back into your everyday life, as you said, the information and the insights that were generated during that session will continue to come in. And this is something I always tell my clients, that you will probably start to receive additional insights, additional information as time goes on, especially if you have a question that you feel wasn't fully answered or answered at all you're going to get the answer when the time is right. It may take a day, a week, a month, maybe longer, but you will get the answer. So we just need to remain open because the effects of the session, the knowledge that we now bring into our lives because of the session, continue to reap rewards, the gift that keeps on giving, truly. And I'm so glad you said that because that is really true. Yeah, and I'll even expand on that a little bit to help illustrate this. I had sort of in my mind's eye as I sat after the session was finished and I just kind of was tuning into my inner experience about it, I guess, my thoughts and feelings. I had this visual of a tapestry and tightly woven, symbolic of my life, you know, this lifetime. And then what I saw was, certain threads through the tapestry loosening and then being pulled out of the tapestry, symbolizing wow. those emotions, those energies from before that had woven into the tapestry of this lifetime without me ever knowing. And yes, I had a fear and I, I didn't want to die alone and I had that fear kind of thing, but it just kind of runs in the background, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we don't, it's not like we're, thinking about it all the time. Anyway, back to my visual, the threads pulled out of the tapestry and weren't in there anymore. And then the tapestry became more fluid, more loose, more at ease. And again, that was representing me, that I could just exhale, that I could relax, and that I had actually released energy that I didn't need in this right. lifetime anymore right. and to then actually give a, a reality to this what i realized in the coming days from the session it changed my thinking it changed my feeling about the relationship 
with my children because unknowingly that fear had colored some of my relationship with them. Very specifically, I'll say this, the fear of dying alone would mean that my children wouldn't be around, right? If I was going to die alone, that would mean things would really have to change. Mm -hmm. So either something would happen and they would disown me, perhaps they died. You know, that's not very pleasant to think about. Um, Perhaps I did something to drive them away or something like that. And so even though I had the fear of dying alone, in order for that to be true, part of me was expecting a lot of sadness and hurt between now and then. So I was in a way sort of bracing myself emotionally for what that could be because I didn't know what was going to go wrong, but obviously something was going to go wrong if I ended up alone. I see. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that? This was so unexpected to me. After the regression and after things started loosening up, I recognized that. And then I was so much more at ease. Even when I was thinking about my children in the future, it was as though we were free and I didn't have fear anymore about that shoe dropping, you know, so to speak, like, oh, something's going to happen here. You know, when's it coming? Always being a little bit on guard. And again, I did not know that until it wasn't there anymore. It was the absence of it that allowed me to have the awareness. Wow, that's incredible. And I I can't tell you how appreciative I am that you're sharing such personal information about, you know, your session and what you experienced and the aftermath of it. It it is very personal. And when you indicated that you wanted to share it initially, I was okay. I was hoping that this was going to be the right decision for you. But um, I'm very, very grateful that you decided to do that. You used a word just a few moments ago where you said it was so unexpected And that's something else that tells you that what you experienced was real. If you go into a session with expectations and all of a sudden, ooh, exactly what I expected happened, well, then you kind of wonder what that's all about. But the unexpectedness of your experience says a great deal. And I'm going to interject just a tiny bit of a personal issue Uh, of my own, what you're sharing (laughs) of your information about your children, it really struck a chord with me because I too have learned a lot about myself through many regressions and this training and even working with clients, I have learned so much. And one of the things is my relationship with my children. I have this deep-seated fear of abandonment, and that is sort of central to a lot of the sessions I have had and something I'm still honestly working through. I have four sons and they're all grown, of course, but I have a relationship with one of them that is, it can be a little bit prickly, I guess I would say. I was kind of inquiring about that in my mind during a session many years ago. He came to me as a soul in that lifetime. He was a different individual in that lifetime, but it was the same soul. I recognized his soul energy. And I confided my concerns about our relationship at that time. And what he said to me, and it still stays with me to this day, he said, 
I have died for you a hundred times. I will die for you a hundred times more. That blew me away that I heard those words coming from the soul of this individual who was now one of my sons. And that shifted the entire dynamic for me. So, you know, you just never know what you're going to encounter in one of these sessions. And talk about unexpected. Yours was unexpected. That one sentence, I can still remember, I think this might have been close to eight or nine years ago, and that still sticks with me. And whenever I think we've kind of hit a rough patch, I remember that, and it guides me through. So spirit really does keep on giving, you know, the gift that keeps on giving indeed, right? Absolutely. And boy, I just about burst into tears when you said that, <laughs> Kathleen. Oh, well, I'm glad you I, did, but kidding. I wouldn't have minded. I know <laughs> it was very powerful. I burst into tears when it happened wow. at the time. And uh, yeah. I'll bet. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I love that because you're so right. One sentence can change everything, everything. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for us to remember that we make all of these judgments and we have relationships with people based on what we know. And that is so limited, you know, and, and a lot of it, I know for myself, some of it is what I think I know. Right. I, I will perhaps make things up in my head about, oh, no, I think he meant that. And I'm just fantasizing, you know, that he meant that or whatever. It's like, it's not even maybe true. Exactly. But I think we all do that. Yes, we do. I have to tell you, I'm so intrigued by this whole thing. I love this whole topic. The session I had was literally life-changing. The abandonment thing that you mentioned, that was an undercurrent sure. also in yes. this lifetime, for sure. And another lesson was control, mm -hmm. because as the servants were talking about me when they were gossiping, I could say nothing to them because I was dead. Right. It was so palpable that it was so obvious to me that woo, back then as that person, that would have just burned me up, right? I would have just <laughs> wanted to say, hey, you know, and defended myself or docked their pay or whatever I would have done back then. Fired but, them. Yeah, fired them, you know, but who else would come work for me? You know, I was so terrible, but it reminded me of Scrooge or something. But the whole issue of control and that lifetime showed me how controlling I guess I was, or my soul was, that person back then was controlling who would be in my presence, if it was worth it to me, or everything was about control. In the end, it didn't matter at all. It That's was all an illusion, the control. Right. And it cost me all connection with people. And I will tell you right now, I have booked another session <laughs> with Linda, and I'm so looking forward to it. And it's just like, it's a mystery. It's exciting. And I will just say, I have no fear whatsoever about it at all. It is something I feel, I think I said this on the episode with Linda, 
I think if everybody could get that sort of insight, that insight about who they really are, then understand more about their soul history, I guess, then, wow, it can really enrich our lives today. It can enrich our relationships today. And I think for me, the word that just keeps coming up is freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least for me in this example was there's so much fear that I had today. And I don't even think of myself as a fearful person. But wow, yeah. there it sure was. Yeah. I just think this is such a wonderful tool, such a wonderful avenue. I don't know what the right word is. For exploring that for people. Oh, yes. And I I absolutely agree with what you said. I think it would be world changing if everyone could experience a past life regression, because just look what you learned in one and were able to shed some of that burden that you didn't even know you were carrying. And it it has changed your life, as you said. I know we kick around that term life changing all the time, but It truly is, because every little shift toward your soul authenticity, anything that helps to smooth your path as you move forward, is life-changing. And then it is up to us to make the most of it. But boy, getting that, that information and that insight is, you can't overstate how valuable it is. I absolutely agree. So I... You know, this is why I still do it. I mean, all these years later, I I find it incredibly valuable. Now, I'll also share that I've learned along the way that I am an interplanetary soul, an IP soul, which also makes a whole lot of sense to me. And when I first realized that during a session, and I think it was during a between lives session, which is a whole other ball game, which uh, you're going to find out. I believe you scheduled one of those, didn't you, Andrea? I did. That's the kind I did schedule. Yep. Those are amazing. And that takes place completely in spirit. And, you know, you're place there and what you're doing while in spirit, all those things. I learned that I was an IP or interplanetary soul during one of those sessions years ago. And my goodness, it answered so many questions for me about my life here on earth. I couldn't be happier to learn that. And it really shifted my perspective of myself. I'd always thought of myself as some kind of a misfit, a weirdo, out of step with everybody. Um, I tend to use the expression that I feel like everybody got the memo but me. I've always felt that way. And now I know why, because pretty much, yeah, that's what happened. (laughs) When I'm around a lot of earth-based souls, they've done this maybe hundreds, maybe thousands of times. I haven't. This is all unusual for me. And I'm kind of trying to find my bearings. So finding that out about yourself can be incredibly valuable. Yeah, I am excited to find that out about myself. I'm not really quite sure what I am. You know, I have some ideas of maybe Earth-based, maybe interplanetary. I don't know. I'm leaning toward Earth-based myself, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Perhaps I'll report back on a future episode of the podcast. But I wanted to ask you, though, too, about this interplanetary soul 
knowledge that you have. And that is, do you have any inkling about how many times maybe you've come to Earth? That's a good question. I I can remember or I've been regressed to several lives on Earth. Uh, the ones that are most vivid in my mind, I can remember, took place on Earth. But I've also been regressed to places that were clearly not Earth. In fact, the most recent session I had with Linda in March, um, I was not. And actually, in that one, I went home. I was my true home, wherever that may be. I, I never did get a name. I didn't need to. It didn't matter. It was irrelevant. Um, and I was able to experience the feeling that I got from being home to the point where I was kind of reluctant to come back to Earth, if truth be told. What can you remember or can you share anything about this other world? Sure. I Yeah, it was it was pretty powerful. And even though I had learned long ago that I was an interplanetary soul, this was the first time I'd actually been to my home and recognize that I was home, even though I had experienced regressions where I was there, but it was more vague. This time it was very real. I can describe everything, how it looked, the feeling I had. When I first came out of the tunnel, Linda induced me into going through a tunnel. And on the other side was when I would be where I needed to be. And the first thing I noticed was that the ground, the ground was glowing. It was glowing. It looked like almost like that um, that fog you used to do with the fog machines at <laughs> cheesy school dances. <laughs> mm -hmm. But <laughs> but and it didn't feel hard under my feet. It was as if every step I took, I was just floating. And the ground was beautiful. It was glowing. It was just. It didn't look like ground, but that's what it was. And I could see a what I can only describe as a castle in the distance, but it also was glowing. It's it was very soft. It didn't have any hard lines. It was everything was soft and glowing and just so soothing. And there was a crowd of people that were waiting to greet me. They were welcoming me home. And one in particular came forward. They were all wearing the same types of outfits. It looked almost like, like monk outfits, you know, robe with a hood. But the feeling of love and welcome that I received was just overwhelming. They just all came around me and they were speaking to me in a language that I can't even repeat, but I knew what they were saying. They led me into this hall. They had like a reception for me. It was very powerful. I mean, no wonder I didn't want to come back. Everything was just beautiful. Everything was harmonious and healthy and happy. There was no sorrow. There was no fear. There was no hatred. And that is one of the hallmarks of these interplanetary locations. Um, they are healthy. They are healthy locations. So when a soul comes to Earth after being from one of those locations, of course it's going to be difficult because Earth is far from healthy in any meaning of the word. I think Linda said in her episode with us that she would have given 
Earth either maybe a middle school rating or something like that as far as evolution and growth. (laughs) She may have been being generous, honestly, (laughs) but Earth is not healthy. It is not harmonious. And we have a lot of work to do here on Earth. So being in that place with those feelings surrounded by those beings who were just so full of, and I know I'm going to sound cliche, love and light. And that's what it was, was unlike anything I've ever experienced. I know I was guided to that at that time because I've been having a little difficulty lately. And, you know, it's been a tough year, a tough year and a half. I was feeling every bit of that when I had that session. So being there in that vibration, in those surroundings, was like a a shot in the arm, you know, like a B12 shot that carried me through. Like I said, spirit guides it. Spirit knows what it's doing. So I would say to answer your initial question, it's a very long answer, I'm sorry, but I don't think I've had that many lives on Earth. I would say maybe a half a dozen, maybe, but I know I've had lives on other places, like other realms that are clearly not Earth, but I can't tell you what they are. Oh, so you went home to your home world, you've been here on Earth, and you're saying you think you've also had lives on other worlds as well. Exactly. That are not Earth. Yes. Yes. I remember those, some of that stuff, but not as clearly as I remember my Earth lives, which makes perfect sense to me because this is where I am now. (laughs) And these are the ones I need to kind of remember and grow from if I'm going to continue to have earth lives and take that information back to my home world so that they can then help as much as they can earth. And then I can take that information back and they can help us. We can help them, that kind of thing. Do you think? Very interesting. It is. It's fascinating. So you can take the information back and they can help us. I totally feel like, oh yeah, you know, I resonate with that. But I think you also said, so we can help them. Did you say that too? Mm -hmm. I did. And you know how? Because by taking the information back, we can help them to help them help us better. Oh, right. (laughs) Because they're they're gathering information. And it's like, okay, well, this is what I experience. And they're just probably up there going like shaking their heads, rolling their eyes. (laughs) If they have eyes, I don't even know. But and so, okay, this is what we need to do. So any information I bring back as like an ambassador, Mm -hmm. if you will, it helps them help us, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So it's a big circle. Absolutely. I still get stuck, just like I did on the last episode, thinking that Earth is the bottom rung on the ladder. I I just can't believe that. So I, there's just part of me that's like, no, there, it, come on, there's got to be something out there similar to Earth. I mean, really? But uh, perhaps this is the playground where a lot happens. It's the school. It's the It's a tough school. I always describe it as earth school. You know, earth is one long lesson, one long lesson. And I don't know that it's the the bottom of the barrel. That always makes me laugh when you say that. Mm -hmm. But you got to remember, I think earth is very young Mm -hmm. relative to the age of these other realms. Right. 
Earth is a very young planet. Even though we think of it as being incredibly old, it really isn't. Relative to the others, it's quite young. So if you put it in that perspective, we're not at the bottom of the barrel. We're young. We need we yes. have we have room to grow. I like that better. So <laughs> And I hope we do. I'm, I do too. It doesn't make us sound so right. awful. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna shift my framework then and I'm gonna adopt yours because I, I do like that better. Okay. Um I think Good. that we are really gonna have to wrap up. And it's just been so quick to go by, Kathleen. And I wanna say one last thing. Because as you were talking, I thought there's so much we don't know out there. I want to know all the answers. I want to know how it all I works. Know, right? I want to know where all these I other know. realms Same are. Here. And what I said to Linda, I think I wrote it down. Let me see if I have it here. What I wrote to her after the session was, I feel like this was a tiny taste of the whole thing, of finding out more about me, the universe, and how everything works. It's like a teaspoon from the ocean. That's how I felt it was. Wow. Yeah. That's very poetic, well, Andrea. Thanks. Thank you. I want to get a bigger <laughs> scoop because a teaspoon at a time just isn't enough. So <laughs> I, I get that. I absolutely get that. You just it just leaves you wanting more. And that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Um the only problem with that is the more I learn, I realize the less I know. Yes. <laughs> because it just raises so many more questions and yeah, but it's all part of, you know, the journey to yourself and I love it. I absolutely love it. I wouldn't have it any other way and I don't think you would either. You're right about that. We really are out of time, and you're right. This has gone so fast. I've enjoyed every minute of it. And thank you again for sharing your experience. That was uh, fascinating. I'm sure our listeners will agree. I also feel pretty sure that those listening are very much seekers, as are you and I. And any information we can receive along the way that helps us to become closer to spirit and to realizing our authenticity as children of the divine is always welcome. And that's what we try to do here at Beyond the Reiki Gateway. I so appreciate you staying with us. And we will be back in two weeks with another edition of Beyond the Reiki Gateway. In the meantime, if you have any questions or concerns or any feedback about today's episode or any of the other episodes, or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, we would love to hear them. We do appreciate your support, and we look forward to seeing you again Beyond the Reiki Gateway. Take good care. Thank you again for joining us. And we would invite you to return to another episode as we journey beyond the Reiki Gateway with Kathleen Johnson and Andrea Kennedy.